The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, welcome back one more time to Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. On the line with me from Dallas, the Big D, that area anyway, the Metroplex, DJ Whiting is a student pastor uh, at the uh, church called Rush Creek. And I'm going to find out all about that church. Love the Dallas area. My son is uh, a, a resident of that area. And so it's uh, very familiar to me. DJ Whiting, welcome to my program. So glad to be here. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me on today. Now, I, I met you uh, virtually through Scott Miller, who is one of our executives at Mark Radio, actually my boss. I love the guy. He is uh, from the Dallas area himself, down uh, around uh, where the baseball stadium is, I do believe, is where that was, Arlington in that area. So it's apparently not a, a far drive from where he lives, where your church building is. You're part, again, of Rush Creek. And with the name DJ Whiting, and you spell your name D-E-E-J-A-Y. So I know there's got to be a story behind that one, my friend. Yes, Mike, there is a story. So my name actually is Daryl Andrew Whiting Jr. However, growing up, um, I did not like being called Daryl. And so uh, from a pretty young age, I made the switch to being called DJ, Daryl Jr., and then, Mike, I get into middle school, and when I decide DJ is not cool enough, so let's go ahead and make it <laughs> fancy. Let's kind of spruce it up a bit. And so we spelled it D-E-E-J-A-Y. And uh, all of those years later, I still uh, have carried that that spelling and that name with me. So that's the story on my name. Well, it is ultimately cool, dude. You did well. That's awesome. DJ Whiting, uh, you're, again, the lead student pastor at Rush, Queen, uh, Rush Creek, and uh, you guys are, are also involved, according to what Scott tells me, you're not only involved in leading the youth, but you're a, a musician. He, Scott says a crazy one, man, a great one. Yes, I've, I've been very blessed to, um, to have the opportunity to record and play music with my wife. Together, we released two projects. Back in 2018, we released an EP called Mercy. And then later that year, we were really inspired and decided to do uh, a Christmas album that we wrote together. And so uh, we have both of those projects that are that are available on all digital circuits. And then uh, last year, we released another single. Um, and so, yes, love music, grew up playing in the church, a very small church where uh, my dad couldn't afford a band. So... I was the band, and so I had to figure out how to, to do the worship and do the music. And so, uh, yeah, very thankful for, for those gifts now. Now, how did you get into music in the beginning? Yeah, so uh, again, small church in East Texas, and my father couldn't afford a, a band, and so he decided that his children were going to be the, the band and the worship leaders. And so he put drumsticks in my hand and told me to go figure it out. And so uh, the church there was very gracious because 
Uh, as you obviously would know, I didn't sound very, very good at all in the beginning, <laughs> but that started a, a desire and a passion for music. And uh, from there, got got a little older and decided to switch from drums to piano, and uh, all self-taught. And then, as I as I got into my uh, high school years, everyone was playing guitar, and so I decided to switch over to guitar as well. And so uh, I'm able to play the drums, the piano, the guitar. And uh, love, love, love music. Now, I was really listening. I, I, I kind of expected there to be a different story behind it. But, I mean, so basically, your dad just pointed you there and said, hey, I, I need it. Not only do I need you to do it, but I need you to learn to do it. And that's kind of what happened then, right? You just uh, became, exactly right. you know, they used to say when I was growing up, necessity is the mother of invention. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened to you, man. That's right. And I'm thankful for it now. At the time, I was not so appreciative. Uh, but today, I'm very thankful for the opportunities that uh, music has afforded me. And again, my wife and I together are able to travel the world, leading worship and encouraging people. Now, you guys are young. You've got yet three small children. What are the ages? Yes, I have a five-year-old daughter, Addison. I have a three-year-old daughter, Jada. And we were just blessed last uh, August 25th with our first son, Mr. Judah. And so oh, three man. three children, and they keep us busy, and they also keep bags under our eyes because they are up all throughout the night. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, we had, my <laughs> wife and I had four kids. We've been married 46 years, my friend, so I'm a little bit on the other side of that. Wow. My oldest grandson is now 22 and uh, so you, you get the idea. I've got them ranging from, I think, seven months to 22 years on my 10 grandkids. Wow. So, yeah, I, I but I remember those sleepless nights where you're walking into the office uh, with two toothpicks holding your eyeballs open, man. I remember that. That's not, not a fun time, actually. <laughs> That's right. And a large cup of coffee. There you go. That's right. You learn to love that caffeine, the wonderful yes. drug that it is. It, it, it gets us <laughs> right. going in the morning time. Well, DJ, that's really great. I'm so glad to know that uh, God has used you in the way that he has. You're a young guy, yet so full of not only experiences not, with God and with all of these musical things like this and training your kids up. I'm sure that they're growing up watching mom and dad involved in all this music. I'm betting they're already showing signs of interest in it themselves, right? Absolutely. Yes. Um, our, my, our oldest daughter, Addison, we've just begun the process of teaching her some of the basics on piano. Uh, because again, yes, yeah, she grew up and has grown up up until this point watching mom and dad sing and, and play and travel. And so very naturally she's taken a liking to music. And so we're excited to see how God's going to use her as well. Well, we uh, are now aware that you're one of those that grew up with a, a dad in the ministry and kind of, as my uh, my generation said, you've cut your teeth on the church pew, so to speak. You've mm -hmm. This is all you've ever known. But at some point now, uh, the reality of the Lord, the the call of God on your life to to really believe in him in a way that's not just something because of mom and dad, but because of his relationship with you. Tell us about that. Yeah, Mike, for me, that was high school. So again, raised in the church, very familiar with uh, the Bible and God's Word and uh, the people of God. However, um, my 
life as I got a bit older got really, really difficult. Um, at 10 years old, Mike, my parents went through a, a divorce. And then at 11 years old, my sister, uh, who was born with cerebral palsy, she passed away. Oh, my goodness. And then from there, 13 years old, uh, I experienced another great loss in my life. My mom, who was now a few years removed from this divorce, uh, was dating a man, and this guy uh, had a massive heart attack in our home, and he and he passed away. And so, in in a, in a very short amount of time, there was a lot of tragedy. And oh, really, wow. that time was a time where I distanced myself from God. And as I mm-hmm. got into high school, I began to just. Uh, live a life of sin. And it wasn't until I was about 17 years old where God placed a man in my life named David. David began to share the gospel with me. He began to show up at my school on the weekly basis, uh, telling us young men that God had a purpose and God had a plan and God made us to know and love him. And uh, it was during this season of my life where I surrendered, not because I was raised in church, but because I understood I needed a Savior. And this is when I surrendered my life to Jesus and said, God, whatever you want to do with my life, I'm yours. And I haven't looked back since. That's incredible to realize the uh, uh, that and that kind of a, a relationship that you had with David. I mean, really, if we open our eyes, there are people around that need us. Every person listening, the way you needed David, isn't that right? Don't wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. I think I, I often call David and thank him for his influence and his role in my life. God wow, knew yeah. uh, that I needed a David, and I'm very thankful. Uh, for him and his impact in my life. I say that because so often people who are in the church and they see God using other people and they can think think to themselves, you know, I, I'm not really gifted musically and I'm not a great speaker and I'm not a great teacher. They they just don't realize the amazing influence that a one-on-one friendship and mentoring another young person they just don't see how important and what a life-changing thing it was that David did for you. But he reopened to you, now as a young adult, he reopened to you things that you believed and had experienced as a child, but now in an entirely different way, it becomes real personal to you. That's absolutely correct, yeah. And, you know, watching David's life, you know, he was one who not only did he uh, proclaim and, and share the gospel with me, but I got a chance to watch him in his home interact with his wife, and I got to see him raise his kids. And so I understood that it wasn't just a Sunday faith for David, but it was truly a life of following Jesus. And that was something that was that was fairly new to me, wow. and again, very impactful in my life. Well, I thank God for every uh, person that is involved in a mentoring discipleship relationship, and that's what we're all called to do, friends. We're all called to be disciples and to make disciples. And so really that call is uh, from the Lord in his word to us. And uh, man, you not only were the recipient of it, but now as a, a lead student pastor, you're doing that with all these young people and I know that uh, that's got to be a fulfilling thing, not only for you and your wife, Brianna, but but I'm sure it is for David as well. That's right. Yes, he's uh, almost the grandfather to the those that I feel like I'm able to encourage in ministry. And so 
uh, he and I stay in contact, and he's uh, often able to see, again, his faithfulness to Christ and investing in my life, how it's impacting the next generation. Yeah, man. So how did you go from being now a, a reborn believer uh, to where you're a, a student pastor at Rush Creek? How did that happen? Yeah, that was quite a journey. So, um, again, as I mentioned earlier, I meet Christ, surrender to Him, 17 years old. Uh, as I wrap up my high school career, I was unsure about what God was calling me to do. However, my yes was on the altar. I was open to ministry and open to whatever God would have for me. And uh, so I initially graduate and go to university where I begin um, studying nursing because I was thinking at first that God would use me in the medical field. Uh, however, I learned pretty early on that that was not uh, the path for me. And so I made a few changes to my college, uh, to my as far as my major and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and ended up serving in a church in Richardson, Texas. A friend of mine had called me and said, hey, man, we need someone to fill in for right now until we figure out what we're going to do. And so God opened the door for me to begin to serve. And it was during this season where I understood, I believe this is what God has gifted me and what God is calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead and I completed my, my, my college education. I graduated from university, uh, but I continued in the role of serving this church and uh, from there, Richardson, Texas, God opened another door for me to go to Van Alstine, Texas. And so at Van Alstine, I was able to serve for four years uh, in student ministry and children's ministry before the Lord moved my wife and I here to Arlington, Texas, where we now serve at Rush Creek Church as the student pastor. And so uh, quite a journey, but I'm very thankful for God's provision along the way and Him uh, leading my steps to, to be where I am today. Now, you know, I started off in ministry in, as a youth pastor as well. And w- when I think back to that, I look back to the, the kind of the culture, the society that we had. What you're dealing with today, man, is like nothing uh, close to what we were dealing with back then. I mean, kids today, uh, this whole thing of social media, their involvement yeah. in that, and just the draw from... Uh, the culture itself, the the problems of drugs and fentanyl and all the stuff that's going on. I mean, you deal right there in Texas with some peculiar things that we wouldn't necessarily be dealing with elsewhere, just the encroachment upon young people from the South, the the border issues. Uh, What's that like for you right now in this day and age, being a youth pastor? Uh, to be honest with you, Mike, it's a challenge. It is uh, something that keeps me on my knees. Uh, and our team of volunteers who serve students, it keeps us on our knees. Because as you mentioned, yes, social media, uh, this new digital age that we live in is very, very much having an impact on the mental health, and the mental well-being of so many young people. And uh, we are doing our very best to uh to engage with them and remind them that they are deeply loved by God. Mm-hmm. We're doing all we can to disciple them, to walk with them through life. Again, it's not a Sunday morning, see you at church type of ministry. Uh, we're having to be in the trenches, um, walking with students through these things that they are experiencing and facing today. And, uh, you know, it's challenging, but it's also very rewarding rewarding to see um, 15, 16, 17-year-olds who are on fire for Christ, who are 
going on mission trips and sharing the gospel and uh, not just doing it out in the mission field, but bringing that same mindset back home, inviting their friends to church and living faithful to Christ, even in a very hostile environment um, that they're being raised in in some of the schools that they go to. And so, um, yes, it's very challenging, but also we are seeing a remnant of young people who have sold out for Christ and are willing to make a difference because they want to see their generation uh, change and impact it with the gospel of Jesus. You know, it seems like there's a, a real trend with the Gen Zers that they're kind of coming back in some ways where maybe some of their relatives a couple of generations before uh, were doing, and it's like those generations in between, uh, who would be now the 30 and 40-somethings, um, maybe struggled a lot, but there there does seems to be uh, now a lot of talk. We've heard about what went on down in Asbury with the revival at Asbury uh, Seminary down there. You know, there seems to be something happening with these young people that it's encouraging. Would you have experienced that in Texas? Absolutely. Um, what we're seeing, Mike, is, again, they, they've had the world. They, they're on social media. Again, they're seeing all that the world is, is offering, and they're realizing that it ultimately doesn't satisfy. Yeah. You know, they're looking at the influencers, and they're looking at those who have everything that they think they would want or could want, and they're seeing the outcome and the trajectory of their lives and saying, I don't know if that's really all that it's cracked up to be. And so um, there's a great opportunity uh, for the church to then move in with the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, and the purpose and plan that God has for us in Christ. And um, yeah, we're seeing quite a few students respond to that. And we're honored and thankful to be a part of, of what God is doing and how he is, again, reaching this generation that uh, some would say um, seem to be disconnected from the faith. We're seeing them uh, re- repent and return to Christ and uh, walking in obedience to his, his plan for their lives. Well, how wonderful that God has redeemed what happened to you, DJ and being kind of disconnected after those difficult situations in your life, you're the perfect person to be able to preach that kind of, hey, look at what's going on, get reconnected, get connected to God. That's what you're doing, and it's making a difference there for Rush Creek. And as Scott has said, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. My guest today is DJ Whiting. He is the lead student pastor. He's also involved in uh, a missions work himself. And we're going to be talking about that one in a moment when we return. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. 
On the line with me today on the program is DJ Whiting. DJ is the lead student pastor at Rush Creek Church, and that is in the uh, Arlington, Texas area. And in addition to the things that we've learned, DJ's involved with music, uh, loves young people, loves mentoring and discipling young people. And I think there, there's just nothing needed more in this day and age than to give these young people an example, a model. Uh, I, I just look around at what's going on in the culture, and it doesn't take much to realize, and I'm sure you, you would agree with this, DJ, that kids today, they are not being offered as much as the world lets on like they're being offered. I mean, they're they're being given the world, so to speak, if you will, on a video screen that they hold in their hands, but that thing does not satisfy. It does not change the life, at least not for the betterment. And what you're doing, man, is so important for young people. So thank you. Thank you for the commitment that you've made, you and your wife, and for the work that you're doing and for the songs that you lead and the meetings that you lead. It's awesome. But somehow now you got involved in overseas missions. So how did that come about? Yes, Mike. So my high school principal, lay by the name of Debbie Maxey, back in 2014, Debbie and her husband, Ronnie, invited my wife. We were newly wed, just married. She invites us to travel with her, her and Ronnie to Zambia, Africa, to be a part of a mission trip where they were providing school supplies to children in village areas. We're talking about areas where there's no electricity, and uh, they are using sticks and stones to um, educate these students. And so our team was on, on our way to provide them with um, resources and things for their uh, for their school programs. And so my wife and I experienced this trip in 2014, and our lives are turned upside down. We fall in love with Zambia. We fall in love with the people of Zambia. We believe God is calling us at that time. We didn't know how, but we were like, and we believe the Lord is, is connecting us and linking our hearts with the people of Zambia. And so we come back from that trip in 2014 and again, as newlyweds, there's not a lot of money in the bank, but we decide to start giving $50 a month to one of the pastors that we had connected with on this trip. And to our surprise, uh, he began to use that small gift of 50 bucks to buy more school supplies for the children in the villages. And so this inspires us. We are like, wow, uh, how can we continue to... Uh, partner with with these guys and our new friends in Zambia. And so fast forward from 2014 to 2018, we continue to make that small gift from 2014 to 2018. But in 2018, as I mentioned earlier, my wife and I decided we want to go to the studio. We're going to go to the studio and record an album where we can take those proceeds and then give those to this schools and the kids in Zambia. So during that time, we're able to raise a little over a thousand dollars and uh, with that donation to our friends in Zambia, we were able to provide uniforms and schools for more than 100 children. Wow. And so uh, upon receiving the photos of, of these kids who are walking barefoot now in shoes, it again just lit a fire inside of us to continue to want to help the people of Zambia. Now, what would uh, these areas you know, be like Would would when you go there? 
in Zambia when you went there and you said there's no electricity. Would would what kind of uh, culture did you find there? Yes, we're we're, we're talking about third world country where um, people in the villages live in hut homes, uh, and again, there is no power. They are operating on sun and moon, yeah. and so uh, no, most of them. Um, would walk everywhere. I mean, not many vehicles out in the village area. Uh, we're talking about the eastern province of Zambia. And so uh, their form of food is agri- uh, agriculturally. They grew their food, their corn, their beans, things like that. No stores, um, very much living off the land um, and things like that. And so, again, for us, 22 and 23 years old, we've never seen anything like this. You know, and so this completely um, opens our eyes to the reality of how some of our brothers and sisters are living on the other side of the world. Yeah. So, again, that really sparked something in us to want to be involved and to begin to ask God how we could partner to build a better future for these Zambians. Now, for you guys to be there, that was a big shock for you. It had to also be a big shock for those people in Zambia to see these people coming in from the United States and and the impact on their lives had to be great too. So what would what were some of those early encounters like? Yeah, Mike, they were they were quite curious. They were a bit uh unsure of why uh these Americans from the other side of the world would travel to Zambia, Africa uh to to be with them. They were a bit curious about our motives mm-hmm. initially. Of why are you here? And uh we began to share with them that we were there because we believed God had called us to serve serve them there. I mean, that was the only reason. There was no uh, no other motive. Um, and so it, it took a while. I'll be honest. With you, it took a while to kind of earn the trust that we were uh, truly there to help. Um, but but as of today, we've got an incredible relationship and a great partnership with uh, with our friends in Zambia, where we're seeing God do incredible things. Uh, through our ministry, God Link. That is something. Now, how often do you get to go over there? Yeah, I take a trip to Zambia, Africa every year now. I've been the last three years. And uh, so it was 2014 and then 21, 22, and 23. And mm. so our team actually returned from our trip on April the 20th. So we're just a, a few weeks removed from our latest trip. Uh, I'd like to share as well, Mike, that back in 2021, as we know, we were walking through still the pandemic at that time. Sure. Uh, but we decided to take a, a trip. We wanted to put our feet on the ground in Zambia, Africa. And uh, on this trip, uh, this is when we decided we were going to organize, we were going to do and take the necessary steps to become a legitimate uh, nonprofit organization here in the U.S. and an NGO, a non governmental organization in Zambia. And so uh, we submitted our paperwork and went through the process, 501c3, all of the steps to ensure that we were legitimate uh, so that we could continue um, our work uh, with our friends in Zambia. And so. Wow, that's uh, a lot for a young person. You and your wife taking this on almost nine years since that, uh, that uh, I guess, the initial trip, right? Nine years and a uh, year. That's right. You have, uh, again, just recently returned, and you took uh, tablets and uh, now by laptops uh, and tablets. Uh, how, how, do they, how do they get this powered up over there? How does that work now? 
Yes. So on our recent trip, yeah, we were able to provide, uh, so three schools are what we primarily work with. We've got three schools, M. Kapala, Chifundo, and Kamwala Community School. And so, yes, we're able to provide uh, three laptops, a laptop for each school along with tablets. And the way they power these devices is through solar panels. So each school has a solar panel where they're now able to power the devices that our team was able to provide with them on our latest trip. Yeah. And uh, this is also, Mike, um, how we're able to um, have our water well in Zambia. And so it is a, a uh, water well that is solar powered through a generator. And um, we're making sure that the kids in Zambia have clean water to drink as well. You know, that is something right there that we take for granted, right? I mean, in America, very few people ever think about that. But uh, I have friends that are working in crew, and they one of the main things they go in when they go out to evangelize, they go into the village and find out that these villages do not have clean safe drinking water and kids are growing up and a lot of diseases are spread that way so something that we take for granted i mean you see people holding a bottle of water all the time in in america we take that for granted don't we we absolutely do and you know um, that was one of the things on our first trip mike if i can just share with you one of the things that really moved our hearts is as we were uh, in Zambia back in 2014, the one water well in the area uh, was controlled by a group uh, that were not Christians. And uh, if you were not a part of their uh, religion, then you were not able to drink the water. So the Christians would have to walk miles the other way just to have clean water to drink. And so, again, this pricked our hearts. And so we're thankful to now be able to be a part of the solution where we're providing clean water to the young men and the young women in Zambia, Africa. You know, so for people who are listening and they want to give towards something, they can give toward what you're doing. And that's going to actually mean wells are going to be dug. There's going to be new ways that these people are going to have. What are the basics? Again, what we take for granted. Uh, I, you know, DJ, I find this was true for me. Every time I've ever gone on any kind of missions trip to any location, it didn't matter where. I I believe I would once I got there, I I thought I was going to give, and I actually ended up going and received because I, the things that God did in my own life, the challenges, the things that He spoke to my heart with. I think it changed me more than it did anything in reverse. That, I bet, is your experience right. as well. Absolutely. That is absolutely the case. I mean, we take teams with us to Zambia, and, uh, yeah, we, we we let them know, hey, we're going to serve, but it's truly, um, once they get there, they realize that the blessing is actually in just going and being a part of the mission and the ministry. And they leave uh, they leave full. They leave encouraged. They leave also with a new perspective on just how grateful we ought to be uh, that we are blessed to live in a country like America. Yeah. And you, so, um, yeah. You, you took nine with you. Blessed. What What was your day like there for these nine that went along? Yeah, so the morning would start at 7 a.m. We'd get up, have breakfast, have a devotional together. And um, each day we would visit a village school. And so, um, for example, one day we visit 
M. Kapala Community School, where there are about 200 students enrolled in the school here. And the school at M. Kapala is a school that we built from the ground up. Uh, when we arrived in 2021, the kids were meeting in a, and it really wasn't even a, a building. It was a no roof, no covering. They'd be rained on. They're sitting on bricks on the ground. And so uh, we decided, our team decided that we were going to build a structure for them, a, a school building. And so uh, we would go to that to that school, to that building that we prepared, and we would uh, provide for them a, a meal. Uh, then we would uh, have an opportunity to share with them some of the things that we have brought to enhance their, uh, their, their school and their education process. And so this would be when we would present the students with the computers, the tablets. We, were mm-hmm. pre- we presented each school with up-to-date curriculum. So up until uh, just a few weeks ago, the, the curriculum that the schools were using, Mike, was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And so we got in touch with the Ministry of Education, and we were able to order up-to-date curriculum for grades K through 7, kindergarten through 7th grade, uh, and they now have up-to-date curriculum so that they're able to receive an excellent education. Mm. So So you're you're seeing some of these people grow up with this impact of your ministry going into there, and that's got to be incredible to see these kids uh, when you go back a year later and they've already grown, they've changed, they've they've learned a lot. That's got to be incredible. It absolutely is. Yes, we are able to again uh, see those students who we, we saw, you know, a year before, or even two years before, and and yeah, they're growing like weeds over there. And uh, it's great to be able to build upon, uh, build up, build each trip up, up on the last one. And so, yeah, it's an awesome experience for us. And Mike, again, one of our other goals with Godlink is uh, we don't want to be a, a nonprofit that's just giving handouts. We want, we believe in empowering people. We want to give and offer a hand up. And so yeah. with that, Godlink um, provided on our last trip six sewing machines so that kids can now learn how to sew. They, they're learning a skill, especially the young ladies. This is very important for them. But they're learning how to sew so that they can put together their own uniforms as well as their own jerseys for those who are involved in sports activities. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is something that, uh, again, our kids, I can only imagine the kids that you take with you. Uh, and what are the, what would be the youngest person that you took on a, a trip? On, on a trip with us to Godlink, so far, the youngest would be 24. We took a young lady who was 24 years okay. old from East Texas. However, there is not an age limit, and so uh, we are often sharing and inviting teenagers we really believe it'd be important for them to see as a teenager uh, and be a part of what God is doing through Godlink as a teen. Yeah, I'm I'm betting that it would be amazingly, and it would uh, be, probably transform their experience once they come back home as to what they talk about as well. Now, we've got just enough time. Give us the information on Godlink and how people can get involved and maybe either go with you or maybe contribute so somebody can go along with you. That's right. Thank you for that, Mike. Um, our website is simply godlink.org. Again, that's G-O-D-L-I-N-K dot O-R-G. And on our website, you will find a uh, an opportunity for you to get involved as well as read about our impact 
And also you can donate on our website. And then on social media, we're on Instagram at GodLinkZambia underscore. We'd love for you to follow us there and continue to watch the progress and see some of the things that God is doing through our nonprofit. Well, it's really great to have a young man like you involved, not only here in America, and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back in a moment. And we'll give all this information again at the end of our last segment today. If you missed that, uh, DJ Whiting is my guest today. DJ is the lead student pastor at Rush Creek Church, and that is in the Arlington area of Texas. We'll be back with DJ for one more segment in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again for segment three. On the line with me today is DJ Whiting. DJ is a lead student pastor, Rush Creek Church in Arlington. And, uh, you know, we've been talking in segment two about his work, which is amazing. And it's got to be so exciting to go to Africa to take a team of nine that he did and to spend that time over there uh, seeing kind of the effects of perpetual uh, sowing in, if you will, into this region in Africa where there is such a need. And they are making a difference. The name of the organization is Godlink that DJ is working with. DJ, give us that website one more time, and then I'm, I've got some other questions about what's going on here in our country. What's that website one more time? Yes, sir. Mike, it's godlink.org, G-O-D-L-I-N-K dot O-R-G. Wow, that's great. Godlink.org. All right, so you deal with young people there in Arlington, and just like uh, everywhere here in America, This last couple of years has been uh, a head scratcher for so many of us, especially those of us that are older. We look around and we think, what in the world has happened? You know, this this whole talk of transgendered. I mean, just a few short years ago, this was not a, a, a much talked about thing at all. And right now, if you woke up after being asleep for about five years, you're wondering what in the world's gone on in our country. Would that be your thought as well? Absolutely, Mike. It is um, honestly sweeping the nation. And uh, as a student pastor, I see it uh, on the weekly basis. So many young men, young women who uh, who honestly do not know their identity in Christ. They don't know who they are, and therefore the enemy is piling the confusion on and luring them into traps that ultimately do not lead to life. They don't lead to life, and I, I just feel like a lot of what uh, is being given to us to believe, it's it's unbelievable, the stuff that we're being asked as leaders, and I know that you you face it. I mean, people are coming in the doors at Rush Creek. They're coming into the doors at the schools that you serve down there, just like they are in Florida, and we're just like being 
ask in this culture to to sign into things and onto beliefs that are that just don't make any sense at all from the standpoint of real true life. I mean, you know, we hear all the time this phrase "follow the science." That's not what's happening right now, right? Mm, that's right. That's right. And, and you know, Mike, one of the things I've learned as I've started to really pay attention to these issues is so many young people uh, who are being kind of sucked into these lies, they're looking for a place to belong. They're looking for community. Yeah. And unfortunately, they, they're looking in the wrong places. And so as a pastor, we are doing our best as a church and as a ministry to uh, be a place that's welcoming, uh, no matter who you are, where you are, but also a place where we are looking at God's Word and learning and discovering our identity and the truth of what's been written. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's good. Now, what is it like for you guys there and your troop of uh, pastors that you have at Rust Creek? Because you guys are very organized. You've got a lot of support within the church. You guys are out there in the front lines doing wonderful things for the Lord. But I know that there's also this uh, societal pressure, a pushback, that would be at times almost thwarting the efforts of the church and almost changing, if you will, the kind of the mindset of the people who aren't believers uh, toward the church. I mean, there's not a lot of respect given to what you're doing today in the culture, man. And and that's that's a heartbreaking thing, isn't it? It absolutely is heartbreaking, Mike. And, you know, I think this is why it's so important as the church that we um, that we do our best to make sure students who come into our doors know that we love them. And more than that, that God sees them and God loves them. And so, yes, even with the pushback, even with the pressure from society, uh, we are doing our very best to uphold the Word of God and to show students that they matter, they have a purpose, and again, their identity is not something changing like the culture but it's firmly rooted in who the creator of the universe says they are. Right. And that's given to us in the Word, but so many today uh, aren't exposed to the Word of God at all. And uh, I'm always shocked when I talk to people and I find out that what their kids are facing, uh, the kind of the, the roles that the teachers, so many teachers in public schools are encouraging this, uh, aberrant, I think, lifestyle that is right. uh, is so so prevalent today in America, and and uh, you know, I guess the question that I would have with you is, when you get a family that that maybe you've reached out to and they show up, but they have no moorings at all in their life, they have no background like even what you would have had as a young person growing up. They didn't have those experiences. Some of them wouldn't even know who Daniel or or Moses or any of the other Bible characters, they wouldn't know who they are. They've never heard of Elijah or Isaiah. And they come into the doors. What what kind of uh, first steps do you guys take with people like that? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. And uh, you're right. This is a very common reality in our student ministry. Uh, I've learned this firsthand. I'll, I'll be up sharing a message, and I'll make a reference to Joseph in the Old Testament. And I I see blank stares all yeah. across the room, and, and then I understand and realize in that moment, wait, they don't know who Joseph is. And so uh, our ministry team and our pastors, we've had to go back to walking students through 
the stories of the Bible. And so when we have a new family who, who joins our church, uh, we, we almost interview them to kind of hear their story, hear their heart, and maybe find out a bit about where they are in their journey of faith. And from there, uh, we begin to invite their son, their daughter, to be a part of our ministry where we sit down in groups. So we preach and share the word from the stage, but then we sit them down in small groups, Mike, and we begin to just walk them through the stories, the truths, and the applications of God's word. Yeah. You know, you really can't take anything for granted right now if you're in ministry. Isn't that right? I mean, you can't assume that these kids have had any kind of training in Sunday schools or what would have happened maybe in uh, my youth uh, vacation Bible school experiences. So often these kids have zero experience in the Word of God at all. So you've got to take that kind of uh, approach, right? That's right. You absolutely do. You've almost, you almost have to say, hey, you know what, no matter what grade they're in, how old they are, uh, let me assume nothing and let me be diligent week in and week out to take the opportunity I have with 130 students and begin to just walk them slowly through the narratives and the story of God's Word. Mike, we have to share the gospel. We get to share the gospel each week, and each week there are students who, again, they, they've never heard this message before. They're showing up with their friends. They're new to church. They're new to faith. They've never heard the gospel before. And so we're, we're thankful that we've got the opportunity to minister to students from many different backgrounds and, uh, again, just many different places in their faith, but also it's a bit troubling sometimes to see so many young men and young women who have no idea of a biblical worldview, no idea yeah. of the stories and the truths found in God's Word. You know, I, I, you mentioned early on in our conversation that it is a challenge for anyone in ministry in this day and age. I mean, it's not like an easy thing. Never was. There never was an easy button to push when it came to ministry. But I know that there are points right now where just about any pastor, uh, that's why you need other people. You need people praying for you. You need to have that daily time yourself and keeping yourself renewed in the word because it's a discouraging culture that's out there right now, but it's not too difficult for God. And that's what we all have to remember. That's right, Mike. That's right. We, we have to remind ourselves often of God's Word and the promises we find in Scripture. And uh, our team of pastors and our team of volunteers, we often look at God's Word and we, rem- uh, and we remind ourselves not to grow weary in doing good because mm-hmm. in proper time we believe there will be a harvest. We believe that there are still a generation of young students that God is calling and drawing to themselves that will surrender their lives to Him and live and walk in obedience to His Word. It's beautiful, man. I, it's exciting to see a young person like yourself have that as a goal and realize that, you know, that ministry is a long haul thing. It's not a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it, it takes some time. And especially when you've got people coming in that know zero about the Bible uh, to see them become uh, a believer themselves and grow in God and understand the word and understand both God's plan for the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. Hey, man, it's it's a, it's a bit of a fight, and you've got to stay in the battle, but that's what you're doing. I mean, when you look uh, over the next several months, what's coming up at Rush Creek for you? Over the next few months, we're excited. We're getting ready to take 
200 students to summer camp. That'll be July the 10th through the 14th, where we'll be at East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas. Be a great week for our students to unplug from their from their smartphones and their devices, and they'll be able to just plug into the Word of God for those days that we're together. And so we're excited about that. We're also excited about having summer hangouts where we will hang out as a student ministry and, again, use those t- opportunities to point our students to Jesus, redirect them back to, to God through His Word. So we're excited about our summer plans for our student ministry. Now, GodLink is obviously going to be gearing up for the next time that you'll be in Africa and all of that. What's ahead for that? What kind of plans are, are you doing stateside now for your efforts there in Africa? Yes, great question. Um, right now, GodLink is currently uh, in the middle of uh, harvest time. So our team on the ground in Zambia, Africa, uh, they are harvesting our fields where we've planted corn for our feeding program. And so here stateside, we are now watching the harvest and watching our team um, prepare for school that will start back in Zambia on May the 8th, where we will roll out our feeding program and make sure that these kids are getting a meal every day that they go to school. So we're doing that here from the U.S., supporting our team and preparing for our next trip, which will be uh, sometime this fall. Well, DJ, you are an inspiration, man. You're you're an example for young uh, people, young couple, a young couple such as yourself, you and Brianna, uh, three small children. Yet you're not only just giving yourself for your church here in the United States, but God's given you the capacity, man, to have a burden for Africa, and you're doing that as well. So, man, thank you for the model of living the life for Christ that you're giving us all. I'm honored to do so, Mike, and I thank you so much for uh, your kind words and opportunity to be with you today. Well, it's great. DJ Whiting, give us those websites one more time, maybe even for your own youth ministry as well, DJ. Yes, sir. Uh, Our website is godlink, G-O-D-L-I-N-K dot org. You'll find us on social media at godlinkzambia underscore. And then personally for our ministry, you'll find us at Rush Creek Church on social media, Rush Creek Church. And you mentioned your album is uh, available by uh, streaming as well, right? Your music album. That's That's correct. You'll find us on all um, streaming platforms platforms under Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-A, Whiting, W-H-I-T-I-N-G. She's the lead artist then, huh? She's the lead artist. I'm the musician. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. All right, Brianna Whiting, and uh, we'll have to check all of that out. Buddy, thank you for being on, and say hello to Scott for me. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. God bless you, brother. All right, and friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike on The Shepherd.